Welcome to Phantom Podcast Network's Lethal Mullet Podcast, live here right now on the Facebook page as we look at a Seagal. That's right, Steven Seagal, Master of Aikido, and of course now Blues Music, and well, much more. As we look at his first venture into feature films with, of course, Andrew Davis's directed Above the Law. Here, episode number 68 of the Lethal Mullet Podcast. Welcome to Phantom Podcast Network. This is Legal Mullet Podcast, a celebration of 1980s action cinema. Celebrating the heroes of yesterday, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Bruce Willis, Van Damme, all the way down to, of course, the B-grade action films that we all enjoyed on VHS, and of course, Betamax, with the lows of American Ninja, all the way through to Cyborg Cop and Beyond. Here... At Phantom Podcast Network's Lethal Mullet Podcast, join Adam O'Brien as we celebrate action movie cinema. Welcome to the show, episode number 68 of Lethal Mullet Podcast. I'm your host, Adam O'Brien. I hope you've had a great week and welcome back to the show as we celebrate action movies and more. And tonight we're celebrating one of my favourites. This is a great police action thriller. It's also got a little bit of martial arts, obviously, too, and it is the first film for uh, one of the big ones in the 90s, of course, Steven Seagal, and uh, it is a great film, very well-polished film, and it's a lot of fun. It is one of those ones that also in, sort of gave us the uh, the taste, the flavour of what we were going to get out of the Aikido Masters action films, so we're going to be looking at that tonight. We've got a couple of different books to show you tonight as well through our reviews as well. Some that are great, and it's written by um, a guy by the name of Vern, who uh, is a movie reviewer. He's done some great uh, looks at things like Bruce Willis and, of course, Seagal himself as well. And really insightful too. A lot of fun, quite funny, uh, but also you really learn not only about the A grades, but the B grades in films are much, much more too. So we'll get to that very, very soon. Well, I hope you've had a great week. I've had a Pretty busy one. Uh, work schedules are always busy here in Australia. But I have seen Tenet. And uh, I will just say this. Something that I had a chat to uh, with, uh, also with the FPN founder, Kyle Wagner. And I quote, we said this. We said, Nolan is the new M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> now, why would we say that? Because his movies have turned out like Shyamalan's ones. Whoa, what a twist, you know, <laughs> like in that great Robot Chicken episode years ago, that little uh, big, oh, what's a twist <laughs> with Shyamalan. But Nolan's now doing that with his films. Obviously, we've seen it with Inception. We've seen it now with, uh, I mean, actually, all of them pretty much do that, except for maybe The Dark Knight. But the twist in, uh, you know, the tenant, uh, everything's getting a bit contrived because Nolan's becoming like Nolan. And a little bit too into his own Nolan universes. The best film Nolan ever put out. Uh, a lot of people will say, oh, well, the great one is, of course, The Dark Knight. Oh, and Inception's a masterpiece. Dunkirk is fantastic. Well, I will say this. The Prestige is his best film. Now, his best material is always stuff that isn't written by him. His best material is where he's extrapolated from, whether it's another source, in this case a novel, and a fantastic novel actually, a really good one. But uh, Prestige is played very, very well indeed. Uh, and it's a great film, probably my favourite that he's done. He 
Well, it is. <laughs> uh, and um, you have to check that out. Some great performances. And to the rivalry between the two illusionists in that one is absolutely fantastic. All right, before we get into the action movies tonight, we're going to let you, you know how you can catch this show and many others like it here on the Phantom Podcast Network. So, the easiest way to find us is, of course, on the Podbean app. You can get your device out and you can dial that in on Apple Podcasts or you can, uh, obviously, through the apps through there, you can find it on there too. Stitcher Radio, you can find it, on, of course, on Google Play, um, Podbean on theirs as well. But you can also find this podcast on all those podcatchers as well. And, of course, iHeartRadio, which is worth checking out. Now, the other one you can also do is go to fpnet.podbean.com. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... G'day, man. How you going? Follow the legal mullet here on Phantom Podcast Network's master channel at fbnet.podbean.com or subscribe on the Podbean app where you can find all the shows Blood of Kings, a Highlander podcast Culture Clash, a weekly look at pop culture new look at Making Treks a Star Trek fan podcast you can also check out The Mullet Guild a look at the Dune universe from me, the legal mullet you can also check out this show and all the others like What a Piece of Junk, a Star Wars podcast, Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast, Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast, and much, much more. All on FPN. You can follow on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all podcatchers. Make sure you follow me, The Lethal Mullet, at The Lethal Mullet on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That on the web, and you'll find this show, and of course, Blood of Kings, a Highlander podcast, hosted by Hey Man Kevin Reitzel himself. You'll also find on there too Culture Clash with Kevin and Kyle looking at pop culture and more weekly. And of course, they look at all the reviews of things out there. There's of course um, some great stuff when it comes to Alfred Hitchcock on there, Doctor Who, Star Wars with What a Piece of Junk, a Star Wars podcast on there too. And if you're inclined to Star Trek, you can find myself, and of course. A great Englishman by the name of Mark Newbold doing, of course, Making Treks, a Star Trek podcast on there too. And of course, uh, one of the great ones on there too is the new one, looking at Dune. And I can tell you, this Thursday, I'm going to give you the full review of the three-minute Dune trailer. Rip it apart, going to tell you what about the design of the film, how epic it is, because it is epic. That's right. You heard it. Epic. We're talking about the size and scale of this film. It's going to make Star Wars look like it's minuscule. That's right. Dune is here, folks. And on, of course, the Mullet Guild. We'll be going to be celebrating that. And Kyle Wagner's decided to come on and give us some spicy details on his thoughts on the trailer. And, of course, also we'll have Scott Bowman on uh, very soon. More talk about some of the merchandise on the Dune film coming up. That's all going to be on there. And you can catch all those posts and more that I put out there too at The Lethal Mullet. That's the handle at The Lethal Mullet on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yay. Folks, that's it. That's as much as I'm going to do in contacts. <laughs> now it's time for the latest action news from the cinema and martial arts movies and more. All here on The Lethal Mullet Podcast. Let's get chatting. All right. So Vern has put out some great books and this is one you're going to like because you know the quote well, yippee ki moviegoer. Oh, hang on. I think he uses another M word in those movies. 
of course, boom, this is the book. And it's called yippee ki Moviegoer, Writings on Bruce Willis's Badass Cinema and Other Important Topics. And these are great. I mean, there's uh, how many in this one? This is probably about four, well, it's 415 or so pages of just badass stuff when it comes to the badass Bruce Willis. And it is great. It is informative and is not a doorstopper, so you can get through it in a couple of nights, but it is great. I can't wait to read it. It's going to be fantastic. Tonight's one, of course, uh, is going to go even better. Well, there's, of course, Sigology. And, of course, Sigalology. Sigology. hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> a study of the ass-kicking films of Steven Seagal. Now, I'm just about done with this, as you can see with the bookmark. But uh, this is great. I've gone through all the classic films from Above the Law, Hard to Kill, Mark for Death, Under Siege, Out for Justice, which Vern thinks is pretty much the... Seagal film um, by some of the reviews too and I have to agree it's a pretty damn good film but also we looked at uh, in this one Fire Down Below he's got everything through from Glimmer Man and of course all the other great ones and of course the big directed one he did with Forrest Taft that's right Mr. Big Balls Forrest Taft in On Deadly Ground uh, which is still one of those ones where you get to see some Interesting characters, like Michael Caine is a bad guy with jet black hair. Looks like it's been oil slicked right into the back. And, of course, you get to see him mouth off a, a guess the director that you know very well of the greatest Star Wars film out there. Yes, of course, it is The Last Jedi. No, no, it's not The Last Jedi, folks. <laughs> it is Empire Strikes Back. And, of course, Erwin Kirshner came in and uh, did a, a scene for Steven Seagal because he'd worked with him on a Bond film called, of course, Never Say Never Again. That's right. He came in as a fight choreographer slash trainer for Sean Connery. Who's this Chagall character? Come on, Sean. Show me a move, your Aikido master. And of course he did. So um, that's really one of the times, I suppose, when we saw Steven come into this uh, world too. So Tenet. Look, it's it's fun, it's entertaining, yeah, the world building and it's great. I just, my personal feeling is, this isn't the greatest Nolan film. The acting in it, the characters, and uh, I think also that just, just the, the energy that these actors are, are bringing to this movie is great. The performances are fantastic. That's the issue I have. The story just, it feels like we've been there before. It feels like Nolan's trying to beat himself, trying to come up with new ways to resolve movies uh, to give his take on, you know, obviously James Bond with a Back to the Future twist. Nolan, if you're listening tonight out there, Mr. Christopher Nolan, why not just do a Bond film? If you're going to do Bond, just do a Bond film. Don't try and be too smart for your own good. That's my own thought. Uh, but it is a beautiful film uh, as far as visually and all that too. So it looks great. It's, it looks the part. But it feels like we're treading that Inception water again. Uh, anyway, but we'll go... Into that in another time. I want to see what the rest of the uh, the lads here at, of course, at Fanta Podcast Network have to say about that film more. Also, we've been looking at some great films uh, over the last couple of weeks here at, of course, Quinlan's Cantina. Some films which have been hard to find and some which are still on the way, actually, through uh, Amazon, of all places, sending it here. And, of course, we're looking at um, some great ones like Double Dragon and Double Dragon Star, of course, Mark the Cascos, Scott Wolf, and of course Robert Patrick. Uh, something we may look at uh, in maybe November here on the show. Look at some of these older B-grade um, movies that are based on, of course, 
uh, computer games, and that was one of the best ones. Another one was, of course, Resident Evil. Uh, I think it's actually one of the better adaptations. It's quite a good film. Very, very polished for what it is, too. Uh, and, of course, there's been a slew of sequels of those, too. Uh, some great ones. We've also got, on the way here, Cuffs. That's all right. The Christian Slater film, starring, of course, Bruce Boxleitner as well. <laughs> and some other great uh, character actors. We're going to cover that here. That's a great film. I really enjoy that film. Uh, it, it is, you know, it is what it is. It's a very small, fun, quirky sort of cop action comedy, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I've always enjoyed that film. It's a fun little film. Uh, a couple of other ones we're going to be looking at very soon is uh, The Cannonball Run Part 2, which I hadn't seen in years. And uh, we've just had it delivered here to the cantina uh, a little while back. And uh, again, it's sort of treading the same water that we saw uh, previously. But again, it's always great to see Bert out there doing what he had to do to get, to get a win and uh, facing all the little obstacles on the way too. Jackie Chan came back for that one as well. And of course, we got Jaws from James Bond in that one too. It looks good, looks the part, and of course, great film. Uh, and I still say, and Kevin's going to hate me for this, better than Megaforce. And I do like a Megaforce film itself too. But there's something about the, the real sort of feel of the cannonball uh, run and the fact that it is real because you know you know yourself the cannonball run actually took place and still takes place to some degree from what i um seen on youtube and stuff like that actually we should probably link some of those into um the facebook page we'll try and do that when we look at cannonball run too because i tell you what it's interesting to see the real stories as well and just how it sort of influenced this uh, comedy series, like it's an action comedy series, obviously, from Golden Harvest, but it uh, it really sort of captured that imagination of racing and being out there, being amongst it. And uh, as an Aussie who's a, a mad, mad Max fan, as you know, folks, uh, oh, I loved it. It's fantastic. All right, so before we get into uh, the psychology stuff, we're also going to say there's a couple other things we've been looking at here in Australia when it comes to action films too, and um, one of those is looking at some older Aussie action films. Now, I won't name them just yet, but um, these are some great films which were sort of collaborations with overseas. And one of those I'm going to be doing here on the show in a couple of weeks after we've done these uh, series of cigar specials, which I'll tell you about soon. Uh, we're going to be looking at Attack Force Z. Now, this is a film that Mel Gibson starred in, and, of course, Sam Neill and a few others, John Waters from Australia. Uh, not the other John Waters, but this is John Waters, the Australian guy that was on... Uh, Play school, <laughs> a few other things. Great actor, great musician. Uh, actually, should have been as famous as Mel Gibson, as far as I see it. You know, I'll give him the gun every time. <laughs> um, but I have to say that uh, that film is for what it is, and for the budget and about, of course, Attack Force said, which is a real special forces unit from World War Two, is a great film, and you get to see the man himself, Mel Gibson, run around silly on the islands there with, of course, a 30 caliber strapped to his hip, just go, And, well, it was before he became the lethal weapon and uh, really got stuck into, of course, uh, the Mad Max franchise. I think it was halfway through at the time, too. We'll look at that. There's a great uh, Blu-ray release of that out now, which you can get in uh, JB Hi-Fi. Many other stores in Australia, I'm sure you can get it overseas. I'll have to check with the boys if they've got that um, over in uh, California. Um, but... Without further ado, we're going to head into, of course, the Cantina Pub, where we're going to be chatting about, of course, Steven Cigar. Here we go. Alrighty, mate. Time to go down to the pub for a pint, we'll chat, action movies and more, here on the Lethal Mullet Podcast. 
Alright, welcome to the Lethal Mullet Pub. Here tonight, we're going to have ourselves a brewski. That's right, there's this big mug. Look at that, Leah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, we're going to be looking at, um, of course, uh, Nico Above the Law from 1988. Now, Stephen Seagal. Didn't know much about him at the time. In uh, the uh, late 80s, there was, I was probably just Virgin being a teenager at the time. Always uh, really into, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Stallone, and um, definitely Jean-Claude Van Damme was getting into uh, his roles in uh, films like, of course, No Retreat, No Surrender. And um, anyway, it wasn't probably until about 1990 that I actually saw Above the Law. I saw it at VHS, picked it up, put it in the machine, and we started to see, of course, uh, Toscani tell us about his days in Japan and becoming an Aikido stylist, becoming a master, becoming a teacher, starting his own dojo. These were things that were echoing um, the parts of life that uh, of Steven Seagal himself. So it's interesting that um, Andrew Davis, the director, decided to work that into, obviously, the script as well. And it's great because it's an introduction for us as film goes to watch this. And it's one of the smarter things when it came to that script. Really got us into it. And then, obviously, too, then after he... Um, played that little part of it, we saw then that he had worked uh, for the um, CIA. And, of course, we meet the bad guys and stuff like that in that interrogation scene. So it's great. It, it sort of echoes a little bit of what Seagal um, um, had in his real life and then moved it into the film. It's a great introduction for us because we get to see Aikido, which is not something we'd seen in film before. We'd seen karate, we'd seen kung fu, we'd seen taekwondo, definitely. We'd seen uh, wrestling, judo, jiu-jitsu, all these other things. But we hadn't seen uh, Aikido, which was, you know, if to, to the layman, Aikido is known as this um, passive, beautiful uh, martial art to watch. You know, it's a, you see these circular patterns of people being thrown, flipped, wrist-locked, whatever it is. Um, all these moves, which flow, everything flows, this beautiful motion. And usually you'd seen an, a really old guy doing it which, of course, is uh, who we call O-sensei, or great teacher, Moruhei Ueshiba, who actually created the, the style of Aikido itself. What's great about is we get to see this in a little bit more of a harder style, one that's obviously um, graduated towards making film uh, effective in that way that we're seeing the impact of what uh, this art can do. And obviously... The ground is going to hit you a hell of a lot harder than any punch or kick. That is basically what this film shows us. Now, obviously, one of the great things that we found out too, this is the start of the big career uh, Seagal had with uh, being a Warner Brothers uh, uh, basic exclusive artist, if you like, especially up to, I suppose, was it Bark for Death, where he, that was a 20th Century Fox one, if I remember right. But um, this film is great. It's got a great cast. Uh, it is well put together. And of course, Andrew Davis himself um, sort of started a lot of the, the people that would become co-stars in his other film in this film. So we had to see um, some uh, police uh, policemen in this, which would get, move into The Fugitive and, of course, U.S. Marshals uh, and worked in others, even under siege to a certain extent too. It also had Sharon Stoneman playing uh, Toscani's wife. We had also, uh, obviously, Henry Silver as the bad guy. The greats, of course. Hey, he was in Megaforce, Kevin. <laughs> Bet you remember that one, buddy. <laughs> uh, Pam Greer, obviously, as well as playing Toscani's uh, partner in this as well. 
And of course, uh, the film was financed by Michael Oberts. And um, yeah, uh, sorry, the screen test he had uh, to get this was financed by him. So he obviously got into that through um, some dear friends. And the film itself is beautifully shot in Chicago. Uh, Chicago's always had uh, a place in my heart. Never been there, but all the films that are shot there, The Dark Knight, Untouchables, this one, they look great. They look absolutely beautiful. And I think there's something about that city which really resonates with um, heroic action and um, interesting uh, landscape for characters to really uh, venture into, particularly with this one too. Uh, so there's something about that that really made it interesting for me, I think, to, to, to see in the film itself too. So let's have a look at the cast. Obviously, Stephen Scar playing Nico Tuscani. Pam Greer playing Dolores or Jax. Jackson, so uh, as they call it, Jackson. Kurt Zagon. Henry Sewell is playing him. Ron Dean plays Detective Lukic. And we also have uh, a whole host of others. And you're going to love this. Richard Nixon starts in this film. <laughs> well, Richard Nixon's in it, but in uh, use real footage. But um, one that I don't see here... Uh, even in the lists I've got, is Michael Rooker. Rooker actually has a scene in this film because he's an Aikido stylist. Um, and if you've ever seen any of... Um, Michael Rooker's obviously a, a great actor, formidable presence on screen, and, and just a, an amazing uh, actor in general. But he has a very small part in um, one of the scenes where literally Seagal walks in there and just lights the place up, just throwing people all around the place as he's looking for his... I think it was his niece... Uh, in that scene, uh, and as he's going through, Rooker is one of those um, uh, guys in the in that um, that room that just give him grief. <laughs> uh, who else do we have here? Daniel Feraldo as uh, Tony Silvano. We have Jean Barge as Detective Henderson. Uh, Chelsea Ross as Nelson Fox. Uh, and a lot, look, a lot of the people we're going to see in this also will come into uh, being in, of course. Uh, later films and stuff like that the Seagal had. It's a great thing about the Seagal films is that we get to see even the stun players in, um, from this film move into the others. And I think one of the reasons is, it's been brought up uh, in many of the, the uh, books and magazines and stuff like that on Seagal over the years, is the genius of the man is to bring his own team in that um, uh, either train him in the dojo or at least know Aikido. Because one of the hard things about Aikido is when you're um, doing a lot of these moves, if you're untrained and don't know how to roll out of it or be, you know, um, break fall at least, you're going to get yourself seriously hurt. Because uh, a lot of these are very deadly throws. When it comes to uh, throwing somebody, flipping them all over the place, you're going to land on your shoulder, land on your head, uh, break your back, all that sort of stuff. So you could need to learn how to actually roll with those too. So, I mean, most stuntmen would know how to do that. But when you've got people that are trained, particularly in, um, you know, the style of Aikido that Steven Seagal himself does at his own tension dojos, uh, you know, you would definitely be able to see that it's going to be not only beneficial for the, um, the movie, but it's also going to look good because they know how to make it look good at the same time too. That's the great thing about seeing it, the speed. I think, you know, you haven't seen fight scenes like this uh, until, I think, you know, the sped-up stuff of um, Matt Damon <laughs> in, uh, of course, uh, The Bourne Identity and the many sequels. But the best thing about Andrew Davis's work here on the film is he doesn't snap zoom all the stuff all over the place and really, you know, sort of uh, make it all muddled when it comes to the fighting. 
pulls the camera right back so you can actually see what's going on. And again, that's one of the things that Christopher Nolan, mate, you didn't do on Batman Begins, did you, buddy? <laughs> and, of course, one of the things about that is to make sure when you're, you know, making one of these films, you can pull it back and see not only what the hero's doing, and, of course, you want to see maybe smaller things to see, you know, uh, how a hand technique's done or whatever it is, but he's pulling it right back so you can actually see the effectiveness of what one of the Aikido's done, but where people are thrown. Now, as someone who's done quite a bit of Aikido, I did uh, at least six years of it myself, going through some of those things, you can see where, of course, um, you know, the opponent might be attacking with a group of people onto the one person, and they're able to then take advantage of that uke, the one attacking, and then throw them into those people around them as well. So they become almost like a weapon because of the speed momentum they're being thrown at it's going to hit their friends, vice versa. So around that, you need to pull the camera back, actually see what is happening, which I think in some ways, even in Alpha Justice, we didn't quite get that in some of those scenes because of the buildings and everything that were actually closer and some of those pubs are smaller. Again, fantastic. But I think Above the Law still to this day is probably the most effective, um, effectively shot, um, real take on Aikido and what, what it could do. <laughs> uh, but uh, of course we've got some nefarious people in this this film and of course that is the um, the bad guys working for the CIA so uh, raised in uh, Palermo, Sicily Italian-American Nico Toscani has obviously uh, had a love for martial arts and uh, in this case Aikido the echoing of that in of course both the real actors like and Steven Scott makes it so natural and real and you can even see in some of those scenes, as he's playing Toscani, as, you know, he's coming, uh, somebody's attacking him and vice versa, the ferociousness of those attacks is, is equaled only by what comes back at them. Again, it goes back to what the martial art's about, which is redirecting energy back to the, the opponent and letting them see that. <laughs> Not only seeing that, but taking on that as well. Uh, and of course, in uh, the late 60s, Toscani is recruited by Nelson Fox, his buddy, to uh, take part in these top secret um, missions for the CIA uh, in Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, all that sort of stuff. Uh, who knows, maybe he crosses paths with Mel Gibson and Robert Downey Jr. when they're doing their uh, Air America stuff there for the CIA. Eh? <laughs> but of course, then he uh, gets in that interrogation seat with Kurt Zagon and one of the great moments is that Henry Silver's like, who the hell is this guy? You know, he doesn't, he doesn't care. But uh, he's, you know, like, who is this, this Nico Toscani? <laughs> because the, the absolute, um, you know, um, denial of the, oh, my God, this is happening. What are we going to do? And Toscani won't have it. He's gonna, he wants to get in the middle of this and stop it. And I think the only person in that room that is in... Anyway, uh, going to be in his face is, of course, Henry Silver's character. And, of course, it's all about them trying to interrogate to uh, go through there too. But at the end of the day, what happens is, you know, he leaves and we fast forward through time to when he's a police officer in Chicago. So one of the great things too is that Andrew Davis is doing not only this film, but we see it in Under Siege, we see it in The Fugitive, particularly with Tommy Lee Jones and his... Um, great um, team that he's got there and of course in US Marshals after that as well but in this one we get to really see 
Nico, Jackson, his team is, is um, obviously his family as well, Sharon Stone, the mum and the, the rest of the family. But we also get to see, you know, them at, uh, together at a family scene. It's almost, you know, I always think back to the Godfather at, at the, the wedding scene. Um, it feels like that when they, people try and sort of emulate that sort of camaraderie in a, um, a great family scene. But this is really, really works because we get to see that family and what he's fighting for and really giving uh, to the people. But uh, what we get to see is then he has to start chasing down some hoods. And from there, all these little things tickle down to uh, you know loved ones, people close to him, in the, even in the church and stuff like that, uh, that are being taken advantage of through the CIA bad guys. And that, of course, leads him to Nelson Fox again. And, of course, surprise, surprise, Kurt Zagon. So this is also a great plot for him to just literally go through Chicago and tear some heads off. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but really, that's what it is. This is a vehicle to show off the uh, the great, um, you know, sinister um, spin, I suppose, that this character has with um, using uh, Aikido. So I mean, it, it is great. It looks great. It's the, all the part. And uh, I think, too, we get to see first um, just the character of Seagal himself. You know, he's got this... Um, great soft-spoken, calm demeanor, which is probably even more terrifying than any other bad guy when it comes to being in those scenes and really ripping up the room and tearing it apart and really showing this amazing martial art for itself too. And I've always liked it. I think it's fantastic. On a $7 million budget, they made 18 at the box office. So, yeah, this was a success. This is why we have so many cigar films, and still do to this day, in the director TV market. And uh, even some of those are great too, which we're going to go through. Some not so much, but there's some great little gems in there too to check out, just like Van Damme. Van Damme's done some as well like that too. Now, this film, um, I think, um, to this day, is probably one of the most polished when it comes to um, you know story, um, plot, uh, resolution as well. Uh, this great thing about it is always seeing at the end of these films, we see these great bad guys. But Seagal always, at the end of the day, no matter how much of an underdog some characters can be, uh, Seagal's characters always got their revenge at the end and you feel good at the end. You could kind of like finish it and it's like, that's it, it's done. Uh, and he gets it. Put it this way, Henry Silva I would have been running the whole movie. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's great. And on the Hellenbeck scale, this film gets a whopping 4. 1, 2, 5 out of 5. It's still a classic, still up there. So, we are going to be talking about a couple of other classics, which we'll get to soon, uh, in the next couple of weeks, which we'll do a couple of other ones. And that is, of course, Hard to Kill. We'll talk about, and we'll also talk about Alpha Justice. These two are definites, which uh, will be probably on the next episode. A lot of people have always said Alpha Justice is probably the most solid when it comes to his acting. His acting got quite good by the stage. Um, but Alpha Justice has got some great martial artists in it too. Of course, the number two to Bruce Lee, Dan Inosanto, is in this one too. Now, Hard to Kill is great because it was interesting spin because we get to see Seagal um, basically play a, a detective-like character who gets killed. Or, in this case, I think they get killed, but he actually goes into a coma. And wakes up so many years later and then basically has his revenge on the people that put him there too. Starring his, um, his ex-wife, Kelly LeBrock, as well. Um, others we have, of course, um, one of the greats. Now, I've got this one as a double pack. 
And we will do the other one at another stage. Because I know Kevin the Raider Nerd Reitzel wants to do rapid fire. But the other one is, of course, Mark for Death. The great one, that, of course, Screwface. That's right. Screwface. <laughs> the great bad guy in this one, too. There's a great spin in that movie, too. If you haven't seen it, it's a great spin on what happens with a bad guy in that one. Fantastic film, if you haven't seen it. But, of course, later on, he went into uh, the direct-to-TV market and played Elvis. Maybe it's just the sideburns, eh? <laughs> this is one Kevin, uh, the Raid No Riotsal's favourite cigar films, is Mercenary for Justice. <laughs> it's funny how some of these titles all start to sound very, very similar, don't they, folks? <laughs> um, but, look, I, I really go back to, I, I enjoyed that era of, of Above the Law, Hard to Kill, Mark for Death, Out for Justice, uh, Under Siege, uh, right up to, of course, then On Deadly Ground, and uh, Under Siege 2 is even a bit of fun, too. I think it's actually got better bad guys in that one, too. Um, great film. Die Hard on a Train. Mm, who would have thought? Uh, but also, then, of course, after that, we had Fire Down Below, Glimmer Man, which is actually a bit of fun. I thought it was a pretty funny film. And then we had... Films like The Patriot, which I found recently too, which I think I've only seen once, which I'll have to review and check out again too. And, um, you know, again, one thing's been constant. He's always kept up that um, uh, that great Aikido. And um, uh, after listening to some great podcasts by um, some Aikido teachers and stuff like that, and um, these senseis got in touch with, uh, obviously, People that have um, directly trained with um, Stephen Skull and vice versa. It looks, looks like the guy's still doing those styles to this day. So good on him. Good on Stephen Skull. But um, the films are always a bit of fun. Uh, there's something about that thriller, sort of mystery aspect that he's always had in those films, uh, right up to some of those direct-to-TV ones in the mid-2000s too, which, you know, again, have that sort of feel. You know, there's stuff where he's even been an archaeologist in some of those films too. <laughs> kind of like his own take of Indiana Jones. Uh, we'll be looking at um, in the next couple of weeks too. So stick around for, of course, Mark for Death, Under Siege, and of course the sequels. We'll talk about those as well and much more when it comes to Seagal. But here, on the next couple of weeks, we'll also be doing with Lee Fillingsness, Brotherhood of the Wolf, once we get around to working out the schedules. And that's going to be really good because, again, he has uh, you know, a love for not only that film, we all love, of course, Mark Dacascos and... Um, Christoph Gunn's film is one of the most beautiful when it comes to that kind of film. Just really, it's, it's on point. It's perfect. But let me know what your favourite Steven Seagal film is. Type in the comments below and let us know, is it Under Siege? You know, a lot of people still love Under Siege as, as the favourite. Is it Above the Law? Is it Hard to Kill? Or is it maybe Mark for Death? I mean, is it one of the direct-to-TV ones? You know, again... Yeah, he might not be what he is, uh, you know, was back then now, but back then, those films were gold. They were fantastic. And, of course, they went head-to-head with Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dolph Lundgren, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and, of course, Stallone. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of the great ones. He's he's always had a string of those sorts of um, movies, but Schwarzenegger is, is great because he can do those, but he also can do the, the you know, fantasyful films like Conan and... And I think that's the one thing that these guys could never do. Uh, um, the likes of um, Dolph Lundgren and Van Damme have tried all those. They tried very hard. But Schwarzenegger was able to really go back to it. Uh, you know, do fantasy, do sci-fi. Obviously do the robotic stuff of the Terminators. 
But you could see in films, which, I mean, I do like them, uh, the Universal Soldier films, they tried that. <laughs> but they couldn't quite get it right. <laughs> Except, I'll, I will give them this, Lundgren's Andrew Scott character, Sergeant Andrew Scott, with the U.S. Army, is actually a pretty damn good character. He should have got his own movie. Just on that, you didn't need Van Damme's Luke Devereaux that uh, has no charisma. <laughs> you know? Um, but it's in, always been an interesting premise. And um, if you haven't seen the Jeff Wincott sequels, directed to, uh, what are they, cable channel uh, films? Brother in Arms, I think it was called. It was Universal Soldier Part uh, 2 and 3. These were apparently the official sequels at the time. But of course, Jean-Claude Van Damme has come back and changed that up too. So we will cover Uni Souls down the line, folks. That's one maybe for Christmas time, somewhere around there too. Anyway, we'll love you and leave us. I'm Adam O'Brien. I hope you have a lovely week. We'll catch you next Monday on, of course, the one, the only. Leave the Mullet Podcast. Stick around for Thursday for, of course, Dune Talk on, of course, the Lethal Mullet's sister show, The Mullet Guild. And hopefully we'll have Kyle. G'day, folks. Hope you're enjoying the great shows here on the Phantom Podcast Network. Be sure to check out all the great shows that we have on offer and subscribe on the master feed at fpnet.podbean.com. You can check Blood of Kings, a Highlander podcast hosted by Kevin the Raider Nerd Russell and Lee Fillingsis on that platform. You can also check out Culture Clash, which is the weekly look at pop culture hosted by Kevin and Kyle. Couch Potato Theatre. This is a cult classics and guilty pleasure podcast. Also Time Warp, a fandom flashback show. Enzo, a look at the NFL, American football. Also, Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast, looking at the great films of Alfred Hitchcock. Union Federation podcast, a Star Trek and Orville podcast, looking at Discovery, and of course, Picard, plus the Orville. But also, the Hair Metal podcast, looking at the great shows put on by the amazing bands back in the late 80s, their discs, their LPs, everything, all covering the fashion as well. Hosted by Kevin the Raider Nerd Reitzel. You can also check out Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast, Hosted by Kevin and Dan Hadley, looking at all the eras of Doctor Who. You can also catch out What a Piece of Junk, a Star Wars podcast. An amazing show looking at Star Wars, hosted by Derek and Scott. And of course, our newest one, Amazing, The Mullet Guild. An offshoot of the Lethal Mullet podcast looking at Frank Herbert's Dune universe. This is like an encyclopedia for Dune, where I take you through and down into the rabbit hole of Frank Herbert's amazing space opera, the sprawling universe which is going to be brought to life by Denny Villeneuve and December 18. You can check out all the shows there. Be sure to also go onto the social platforms on Twitter at Fanpot Network. Let us know what you think of the shows and what else you can uh, look at there. You can also check out great articles that we put up through there that we share. Also check out on Instagram and Facebook, Phantom Podcast Network. Be sure to make sure that every Tuesday you check out the great work done by Making Treks as well. A brand new podcast looking at a deep dive of Star Trek, hosted by myself, James Semple, and of course, the ever-popular and amazing writer of Star Trek and Star Wars, Mark Newbold. Go and check it out, folks, and we'll catch you next time here on the Phantom Podcast Network's The Lethal Mullet Podcast. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.